Hey everyone, this is Ellen on She's My Person. Switching it up today, I'm going to bring in the intro with Jenna and one of our favorite guests here, Marwin Klein. We're just going to talk about how to keep your passions consistent, not only in the work realm, but just in your day-to-day life, just going through really making work fun. And yeah, we're just going to kind of talk about that and friendship and everything else that goes along with living through your passions. Marwin, do you want to just give a little intro to what you do and kind of how you feel like you've kept your passion in your work realm? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Elle. Actually, I'm thankful, first and foremost, for being uh, asked to be a part of this conversation. You guys are doing well, killing it on the airways, hopefully. And I'm, I'm just proud of both of you. I'm really excited what you all have and, and bringing this platform and allow me on your platform with you. Again, my name's Marwin. I've been in the game now for, as far as I'm in a personal training business slash sports performance coach. I've been doing it for about 24 years. I've started from the levels of being a trainer in the gym and had the opportunity to excel to having my own training business for personal training and also setting up uh, sports performance academies here around the Hilton Head Island and and Bluffton area. I've been really blessed to have that opportunity. And I've met you know, for the time I've been doing it, which I said is 24 years, I, I've always looked at it as just that, an opportunity. I've never seen it as a job or work or of a career. I, I love doing it. I wake up every morning, jumping out of bed, excited, and, and can't wait to visit my clients and work with my athletes. And it's pretty cool because every person, especially every new person that works with me, they always say, especially adults, but also parents, when I work with their kids, they can always see it off of the bat. They're like, Marwin, you are so passionate about what you do. There's never a question. You know, they like, you see it, they see it in my face. I feel like I'm a big kid out there, you know, and because, <laughs> and because I have that, that innate ability to do that, I think it excites, especially, you know, teenagers and younger kids, you know, it, it's really hard. To, uh, to motivate kids these days. But I feel like I have a natural ability to bring out the best of them. And they're kids that, you know, parents will come in and they're like, well, he's shy and I don't <laughs> know if he'll be able to do this. And by the end of class, they're like, wait, is this my child? You know, <laughs> so, so I, you know, when I see things like that and, and get that opportunity, I think that in itself is more payoff to me. I try to work with the kids, obviously, with the, you know, with their speed, their agility, their quickness uh, and explosiveness. But I, I also, I also, ladies, I, I try to, I try to develop character, you know, and that's something that's really hard to find, you know, and it's a great opportunity. I think the kids see it. The parents definitely see it. I mean, I've seen, I've had it where kids weren't, they weren't doing that well in their academics, but over time, if they're consistently training with me and they know my expectations, because my expectations, I always, I always said what I expect in our workouts, I expect you to display out in your practice with your sports. I expect you to uh, display it in the classroom and, and just in your everyday life, you know, and I try to be that, that beacon of light to show them and, and give them that opportunity to do that. And I'm, I'm just, I feel like it's a blessing that I get that opportunity to wake up every morning and do that with the kids. And in some cases, I see it with, with adults that I train, too. I have, you know, adults that I train that are even older than me, and they, they have the opportunity to grasp from me my energy and my happiness in life. They feel how excited I am in the fitness business, and they try to find a way to, to be excited as well. And it comes through our workouts, obviously, but 
when they when they see it and they see that like okay you know I can work out with Marwin and I can still have fun and you know I can function I can play recreation sports or I can go out and even have drinks and not feel too guilty <laughs> because I know he's gonna kill me next week but it's quite okay because I'm still all right with that and you know that's that's a great thing you know it it brings happiness to their marriages or it brings happiness to their parental skills, you know, and being a better person in general. And that's, I think that's, that's the most important thing with my job is I'm, you know, I try to be the best person I can be. And, and I think, you know, we all try to in life, but there's always, I feel like God put me on this earth to be like that, that reminder that we can all be good people. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're using fitness as that route, or is that path? But in the end, you know, we just, we're just trying to be good people and having good thoughts and, and putting great energy into the world. And obviously, one of, my, one of my mentors, he's like one of my favorite trainers out there. His name is Todd Durkin. Uh, he's out of San Diego. He's Drew Brees' trainer. And oh, wow. I think Chase Daniels and a couple of other NFL guys, I think he worked with Hall of Famer LaDainian Thomas. He has this thing that he always says. And it stuck with me. I heard I had a chance to really, you know, kick it with him. I went to a conference and he invited us over to his house and everything. Invited, you know, I had a chance to meet his family. But he has this uh, this word that he says, and man, when I heard it, I think it just kind of took me on another level as far as just wanting to adopt something because you know, I've, like I said, I've been in the game for a while, but you know, there's always it's, it's not too many people that can impress me in the training game. But this guy definitely did, and you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Iron sharpens iron, you know, so man can sharpen man. And uh, he says, he, he has this word that he used, uh, ladies, and, and that word is it's called contagiosm. All right. Yeah. And so what he does. I like that. <laughs> yeah. What he does is he takes the word enthusiasm and he takes the word contagious and he combines mm-hmm. them together to get contagiosm. And if you think <laughs> about the words enthusiasm, obviously you're excited you know, you're excited all the time, you're happy, and contagious is what? It's to spread, to spread things. So what you want to do as a trainer is do what? Spread happiness. You want to spread (laughs) excitement. You want to spread great energy and and feeling. And so, you know, that was one of the biggest things that rang out in my head. And it was funny because when he said it, it was like, wow, I, I, I felt like I was already doing it. You know, I thought I was already doing it. And it just kind of reminded me like, hey, this is something that comes natural. It's easy. And so, I've adopted, I've kept it by my side, you know, and it's to the point where I didn't even have to think about it over time because I was already doing it. But just in this conversation alone, it kind of gives me that opportunity to reflect at that. So, yeah, um, I think one of the things that I respect and admire the most about you is like your ability to be a mentor, because I think that especially you're training the kids, like, you know, you never even really know where all of them come from, what their family structure looks like all the time, but you just have this way of like motivating them to be their best in sports. But I feel like you're also a gentle mentor at the same time. So a lot of the kids feel really safe and connect with you, which I think is such an important thing to have as, as a young child, as a mentor that you look up to, somebody who embodies what they preach. So for anyone who's listening that has, if they are a mentor of some sort, whether it's with children or with people, like what would you say your best piece of advice uh, would be in allowing them to just like, feel like they can come to you and like, you know, being their coach, but also, also being able to be there for them and support them. Yeah, that's a good question, Jenna. You know, in, in my years doing this, you know, again, because I have the, the, the ability to, to really capture kids and, 
And I'm talking about all kids. I mean, I'm just race, creed, none of that's ever an issue. You know, I've taken kids who were from the rough side of town. And before long, I, like I've lived in Chicago, I've lived in Houston. I, and I, I had a facility in both places. In Chicago, I had, you know, kids who were, I knew they couldn't like afford the training, but because of the fact that I saw, I saw some ability in them and I, I just felt like, you know, it was my opportunity to really give back. And, you know, I, I had a kid once who used to take the train from down near, he lived, I wouldn't say near downtown Chicago, but he was probably about 20, 20 minutes away from downtown, but he would hop on the train and hop on the train for 25 minutes south towards, I used to be in the Naperville, Aurora area, and he would come out and he would, you know, train real hard. But, you know, again, this is a kid, this is a kid who his background was kind of sketchy, but at the same time, because I was able to identify with him, it kept him out of the street. It kept him focused. He knew what my expectations were. If I told him, hey, if you're going to train with me, First of all, your grades are going to have to be right, you know, so I need to see improvements in your grades. So as long as you see, as long as I'm seeing improvement in your grades, then you know what, we can keep doing this. And, and, and that, that was the fire that, that, that was lit under him to, to get his life right. And granted, I moved year, some years later, but he ended up, instead of being a dropout, he finished school. And the last I heard from him, he was in the army, you know, and enrolled in the army. Wow. So, you know, I'll take that. And I've had the facility where when I was in Chicago, especially, man, I mean, it was like the kids in the area, they just, they saw my place of training as a safe haven, I think. I mean, honestly, ladies, they, I could count a number of times where the kids, they didn't even have training. They were done, but they would just hang at my place. You know, they would talk yeah. and they were, some of them were teammates and stuff like that. And they would just hang out and just listen. You know, I always have music going or they were, I let them play whatever music they want to. And, <laughs> and the thing about it is, is, I remember one of the parents ended up calling me. They were like, hey, have you seen, I think his name was Alex. And I was like, yeah, he's right over here. And they're like, oh, okay, we're just, we're just making sure he's good. You know, we know if he's with you, then he's good. And it, and it was kind of cool because I went to a football game like maybe months later and it was just talk of the parents. And they were just saying like, yeah, you, we really appreciate you just, you know, not only training the kids, but you know, having that safe haven, Marwin, that, they, that our kids can just come to your facility and if they've worked out, they can still just hang out there and they're not causing trouble and they're just, you know, they're not out in the street or getting into dumb shit. I mean, dumb stuff. Sorry about that. You know? <laughs> no, you're good. And, uh, and, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, and, that, and I felt really good about that. So when it comes to, like I said, again, I don't have any kids of my own. I feel like God put me on this to be a mentor to many. And, and, and in some cases, I, I'm dad to a couple of them. There have been times where kids have gotten in trouble and that are part of my program. You know, I, I remember one, you know, the mom was visibly upset. Her son was 14 and he had been drinking. And I was like, his dad was out of town or out of the country or something. So his father presence wasn't around at the time. So I was like, hey, do you want me to handle it? She was like, sure. And they were driving like 45 minutes to train with me. And I never forget, like, I, you know, I didn't tell him what was going on at first. I waited till he did the workout with the rest of the class. And I was like, hey, look, I heard about what went on. And I like, you know, you know what my expectations are? You know, what are you doing? I just told him to just, you know, just all of the things that could come from the route that he's about to partake. And 
literally, I gave him a workout so hard, he was throwing up. Like, he was, like, dragging. <laughs> and he was crying. He was crying, dragging. And his mom was crying. Like, she was over there crying. But she was like, oh, my God, I just want to thank you. I don't know what. And da-da-da. Next thing you know, I hear, like, he hasn't years. drank drink alcohol since. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He may not have. But I tell you what, three years later, that kid ended up getting a scholarship to a major D1 scholarship. I mean, to D D1 school for football. So wow. I just think about just little things like that, playing dad for that. And I had one of my kids when I lived in Houston. This kid was an amazing athlete. He was smart in class, but he always hung with the wrong crowd. And it got to the point, you know, like one time he was drinking. And this was when he was like 15 or 16. And so I made him write a paper on what are the things that could come out of drinking and playing sports? You know, what are, what are the effects of it? And I told him, you, you know, you can't train with me until. And so he literally was determined. So he wrote a paper, a two-page paper. on <laughs> what are the t- He did on everything that I love, he did. And then, wow. you know, I think he's on point. And then, like, his parents were, were well-to-do. I mean, they weren't, you know, struggling parents. They did really well. The dad was a professor at a university in, in, uh, in, in Houston, and the mom was an educator in the school system. So, you know, it wasn't like they were struggling or anything like that, but he ended up like going out with some friends and, and taking some stuff from Macy's and got in trouble. And his dad called me and his dad said, hey, listen, we're not signing up. We're not signing Cody anymore. He's actually not living with us. We, we're, we're, we're tired of it. We kind of, they just basically put him out of the house. And I said, I knew the kind of person Cody was. Cody was a great athlete. He just kind of was misdirected and in being more of a follower than a leader. And, I, and this is going into his, this happened like his junior year, I want to say. So he, yeah, his junior year. So they even thought that he was going to be done with football, like, and that life for him would be maybe he's lucky if he get out of high school. I was like, listen, let me have, let me just, let me take control of this. You know, he's not, obviously I can't, he can't stay with me, but I am going to talk with him. I called him. I told him, you know, he, he was, he was very remorseful. And I said, look, I was like, I'm, I was like, your mom and dad, they, they've done, they're done with you. I was like, pretty much everybody, even that crew of people that you, did this with where are they right now he's like oh they i was like exactly nobody's here for you i'm showing up for you right now and i was like i'm telling you what you're gonna come in four days a week and you're gonna train your ass off and i was like not only that i was like if you ever miss one or if i have a problem to hear that your grades are still so you know mine he's staying with someone else but you know i'm keeping up with his grades and he's letting me know what's going on needless to say Cody finishes high school with like a 3.5. I mean, his grades, he was- No way. Yeah, 3.5. He ends up getting a scholarship to uh, Trinity University in San Antonio. He plays football, but graduates early and still has another year of eligibility. So he ended up playing another year, uh, extra year of football. And it just, you know, it's just, it's great stories like that. He always wanted me. I had a chance to go down to a couple of, I drove down to San Antonio had a chance to see his football games. And it's just, it's just stuff like that. It's, and there's tons more stories like this, ladies, that I have. But That's just, incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All in all, I just feel like, you know, as a parent, yeah, you definitely always have to, Jenna, to answer your question, is, is believe in kids. And granted, yes, it's harder. It's much harder being a kid. Probably even each generation that comes around, they say it's harder and harder. With social media and all the effects, I feel like, and the 
Oh, what am I trying? Yeah, all influences out there. Well, I think so often, especially when kids are young, it's like that when they act out, it's almost like a cry for help. Like they're wanting strong figures to be able to stand in and be an example and hold them accountable. It's almost like they're asking, asking for it. So yeah, just deep respect that you never fail to do that for all of your athletes. And I think the biggest thing I take away from that is it's like never been about the money. You know, it's like, it's no. always been about the passion and about the kids and like, you know, you're wildly successful now, but like, you know, you got here because you love it. Like not because that was the goal. And there's just not a lot of that in the world anymore. I feel like it's rare to lead from passion and not from being driven by money. So yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. I mean, and to have a fluence, like I've sat down one day and counted how many athletes that I've actually trained and how many of them are actually doing what I'm doing now. And the last number I came up was like eight or nine in my 24 years. I've had eight or nine kids who I've trained who are now currently doing sports performance training or personal training, you know, and it just, I I feel like a a proud dad, dad alone. (laughs) Then, you know, I have some of my kids that I trained when in my early career, when I first started, they have kids and I'm now training. I have one situation where I end up training a kid, he was one of my first athletes I trained ever when I started training. And, you know, I end up training his son. So it's just like, wow, you know, it, it's like history repeating itself. And it's like, it's such a great feel. Like, I literally, man, I smile off of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I can see really huge, huge well, smile on his face right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the cool thing, too, is none of your stories have to do with the actual sport or the athletic side of the success. And obviously, I mean, you were a college athlete. You ran track. Phenomenal athlete, really. But it doesn't, like you had said, it doesn't really come down to that side of it. It's more the people side. But I think, you know, with sports or any kind of training, there's so much grit that you have to put into it. And I think you can learn a lot about not only yourself, but the person that is sticking beside you and trying to help you through it. It's cool because you're really so focused on the people. And I think the sports side is almost icing on the cake if they take off with it. And you've had a lot of great athletes that you've trained too, but your main priority is the people. And I think that's why you're so successful. Yes. Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. I mean, I've, I've had some professional football players that I've trained I've had a professional soccer. I have a professional baseball player that I'm working with now. And, you know, it's all great to see them get those high endeavors and get on that level. But, you know, there's nothing like having that. My favorite age to work with a kid, honestly, is like between the ages of 10 and 15. I really feel like those are the years of the most character development. And if you can establish something around that age and they, they're buying in. That's one of the things like I work with this Christian Academy football and I never forget like my first time working with them. You know, I worked with the whole football team. I told them from the beginning, listen, I want to set a culture here. And this is a culture that's that's something that you're probably not familiar with, but you're going to come in in the summertime. And instead of going on all these vacations and have fun and hang out on the beach, you're going to bring your butts here and you're gonna work out early in the morning, you're gonna train. And if you wanna go home and sleep and then go to the beach later, so be it. But I need you to buy in. And that's my favorite word, buy in. And I make sure that they all audibly, every last one of them say that they're buying in. Cause I ask them all individually because I wanna hold them all accountable. So if someone doesn't do it, then you know what? First of all, and I tell them, I'm like, listen, if you don't feel like you wanna buy in, I'd rather you say, you know, I'm not gonna buy in because I don't want you to lie to me. I mean, just be real about it. Are you going to buy in or not? And a lot of them, they may say it because they feel 
that their teammates are looking at them and they don't want to disappoint their teammates. But that's something that I always, that's what I always start off with when I come with a big group of athletes is it's all about buying in and holding yeah. themselves accountable. Yeah, I, I love that because there's something about actually saying it and then feeling like someone else is buying in with you and you're not the only one that's invested in yourself. And I think for you, that's where a lot of your success has come because there's, you know, there's kids that are almost at the point where they're going to give up or they're, you know, they don't really have a whole lot of support at that point. And you being there and having that support for them, it's still run through a wall for you. You're right. You're right. And it's a, it's a great feeling to know that. And not only that, but again, you know, going into your second year of working with that program and they, they end up winning the state championships. And now they know what works. So now you take the middle schoolers that I work with, which they were ages 11 through 13. They're now about to be in high school. So I'm just basically over and over getting more kids to buy in. And this time I don't even have to try hard because the ones that were 10 and 11 that I worked with and trained, they're like, oh, no, we, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we train with Marlon early in the morning. They let their parents know, hey. In some cases, you know, parents come to me and say, hey, okay, well, we're going to be out of town this week for summer vacation. I'm like, hey, yes. And I'm not saying that you don't take a summer vacation. But listen, you know, the fact that that kid is telling his parents, hey, look, you know, I don't want to miss Marwin during the summer. So if we're going to do this, let him know. You know, I need to know what's, when, when we're taking this vacation so I can tell Coach Marwin that we're uh, – that we're headed out. So, and you know, and I give them a little crap. I'm like, and I'm, you're not inviting us, you know, just to make them feel a little, I'm just teasing <laughs> with them. <laughs> well, it makes, I feel like having each one verbally say it too makes each child feel important, which I think is really important today. There's still so much, you know, just exclusion in our world. And so I think, especially on a team, if a kid's not super high level or super skilled, maybe he doesn't even get in, but it's like, if he feels like he's a part of something bigger than himself, then he's going to show up at practice the same as everyone else. So I think there's a lot of importance in that, but like beyond anything, it's you're building men and women of character, not just athletes. And that's, that's a really incredible mission, I feel like. And I think we all have the opportunity and regardless of what career we have, like we, we all have impact and it's like, are we impacting them on who they are as people or what they're trying to accomplish in the world. And I think it's very diff- two very different things. You're right, Jenna. You're very right about that. And you know, another thing I thought about you were saying that is that like Ellen, you mentioned earlier, I was, I was an athlete. I was a collegiate athlete at the University of Tennessee, but I feel like I'm very competitive by nature in any and everything that I do. So it's like, I feel like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it the very best effort. I remember I mean, there are times where like when I first started my first job at, as bagging groceries, my, my deal was I wanted to be the fastest bagger. You know, I wanted all the lady women at the register to say, oh, I want Marwin to be, you know, because they know I'm like, you know, I'm back there like just throwing groceries in, getting them out there. You know, it's just I've always been competitive. My dad taught me to, hey, listen, if you if you're even a ditch digger, you better be the des- best damn ditch digger that there is. So. That's just, that's just exactly. the nature that I've taken, you know? And I feel like in any career, it's first and foremost, you definitely want to do something that you love. And I, the kids that I work with, you know, I know they're all not going to be trainers like me or, or anything else, but I always tell them because a lot of them are lost and they're like, they're not figuring out their way or what they want to do. I always tell, I tell this to my nephews. I was like, listen, think about, I want you to take a week or two and just think about what you would do. What would you get up early in the morning for to do for free? Mm. literally yeah what are you going to get up early in the morning to do for free what kind of work would you do for free and whatever you think that first thought is nine times out of ten you just found your passion it's a really yeah 
you just you just found your passion. You didn't even know it. You just found your passion. And so, you know, that's what I tell a lot of kids. Find that passion, find what you're going to do. And then, you know, everything else comes. So if you're if you want to be a doctor, think about if you really, really want to put think the workload of a doctor. If you feel like you're that passionate about going to college and then going to school again and then doing residency and all that and rack up all these bills. And I was just kidding, but you know, just you know, if you can do all of those things, you can do all those things and, and you would do it over and over again, then that's your passion. I mean, for 24 years. I'm doing this and I have never, ever in life ever thought, God, I wish there was something else I can do. And I, I'm really hoping and praying I could do it another 24, to be honest, or more. You will. It's all in your, in your passion. And once you have that passion, then you just develop it with being competitive at being the best at it. And hey, you're, you're a productive person and you will rise very fast in whatever endeavors you go. I think it's really easy to say the words. A lot of people have a tough time embodying what they know to be true. And I think your integrity and your passion, but also just the character of who you are as a person and like the resilience that you've had in a lot of moments of your career that you've had to face like adversity. There's been a lot of like resilience there. And so I think like, you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned from you is how to look that in the face and like still choose your passion and still choose your integrity even when it requires courage. And so I just felt like that was important to point out because I think, you know, it's really easy to say the words, but it's like when things get tough and you're having to make tough decisions, it's like, do you have the courage to still be that person in those moments? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Any other questions uh, on your end? <laughs> no, I just want to note, I've met Marwin now probably two or three times and I feel like I've known him my whole life. So everything that he's talking about, I'm just like, I can't imagine him being a trainer because I feel like I'd be ready for the Olympics. Like I just, you're such a motivating person. Yeah. It's just, I love what you do. I love your values that you have and how you just love to help people. And I think it's, you're such a special person. And Jen and I both, we say it all the time. We're like, if we could only be half as calm as Marwin, like no matter what happens, Marwin's, Marwin's tone is just, it's going to be okay. Like, I feel like it's very rare that he reaches a different level. So yeah, we just, we love you. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. And thank you. Thank you for being <laughs> on here. You know, thank you for being, letting me be on. It was an honor. It of course. Was. And thanks, y'all. We will see you next week. <laughs>